get your family vehicles ready for summer driving with early Memorial Day deals at Dobbs. Click on GoToDobbs.com for money, saver retire, and service deals today. Dobbs. With 43 locations, real deals are always close by. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Get ready for winter driving at Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers with super deals on tires, including up to $200 on new Goodyear tires, plus oil changes, brakes, batteries, and more. For value and savings, click on gotodobbs.com today. Alongside former Blues defenseman Jamie Rivers and Alex Ferrario, I'm Brandon Kylie. It's Rivers and BK on 101 ESPN. Earlier today, we were able to join, be joined by John Mozeliak. Has a relatively busy day planned ahead. He's got, you know, the MLB draft. Instead of 40 rounds this year, though, it is only going to be five rounds. Let's go out to the Brown and Crouppen celebrity line where we are joined by John Mozeliak. Mo, let's start with this. What changes for you in planning for this draft when you only have five rounds to plan for instead of that typical 40? You know, it really doesn't change all that much in the sense of you're obviously trying to bring in top talent. And and so when you're really looking at, at players that are trying to make a decision if professional baseball is the right time for them is really more of the bigger question because as you can imagine um, baseball you you draft players that are seniors in high school and then you also draft juniors in college and seniors in college and I think the big challenge this year is going to be will there be a run on on college players early and and what does that really mean for, for the high school athlete and so I think there's some unknown going into that but you know, for us, we're fortunate because we have multiple picks, and uh, tonight we only have one. But um, we certainly are looking forward to, to the next few days on trying to add some talent. And, you know, it is an unusual time. Obviously, with the coronavirus, uh, the minor league season is, is still in jeopardy. What will these players do? So there's a lot of questions, and unfortunately, a lot of us still don't have those answers. But we're certainly going to approach the draft as an opportunity, and, you know, we're very hopeful that we can add some talent that um, in terms of what that profile looks like is still a bit unknown because we just don't know what will be there when we, when we pick. As a follow-up on that, Mo, I've been trying to read as much as I can about how the undrafted free agency is going to work after the five rounds are completed, and it sounds like it's going to be the Wild West out there, basically. How are you guys preparing for what that's going to be like after the five rounds are concluded? So we do have a strategy in place, and it's it's a fair question because it's it's new to everybody. And you know, the the biggest challenge for us is is trying to understand what we currently have in our system versus what we might be able to go get with that twenty thousand dollars. And and so you know, working with our our scouting director Randy Flores, and then in conjunction with our farm director Gary Larock, we're just trying to strike that right balance. So I would imagine on on Sunday it'll be a, a, a an aggressive morning for for the people that are involved in that to try to recruit, sell, and and uh, bring on board some players that are looking to to join a team that they feel will give them the best opportunity. So when you when you talk about the wild wild west. It really is in the sense of 
that the dollars are all equal, so you're just trying to make yourself look attractive, your organization attractive. And the one thing the Cardinals have is, you know, we've been, we have a history of, of of promoting from within, giving players we draft opportunities to to play in the big leagues, and you know that's been our model. So I think players recognize that. But, you know, they're also going to want to know the numbers in the sense of, like, you know, who am I competing against and how quickly can I move? Hey, Mo, you know, obviously every year your scouting staff and your development team, your coaches and managers in the minor leagues are very important uh, in every aspect of, like you said, developing your own homegrown product for the St. Louis Cardinals. But how important has it been for this draft in particular and moving forward into, you know, hopefully a baseball season this year and next season that your scouting staff and your managing staff and your minor league staff are all on the same page with some of these players? Well, great question. And and the reason it's, it's a hard one to answer is because we still don't know what the, the actual playing landscape looks like. So maybe taking a step back and saying, like, what are we doing now? And, and really our, our coaching staff from our major league manager on down has tried to stay in, in weekly communication with our players throughout the system. And and that really means like not only does Mike Schilt speak with players, but also our AAA manager, AA manager, and so forth. And what they're doing is, is trying to keep a, a standardized curriculum for these young men to, to stay A in shape and to stay engaged. But really the question now leads to what happens once we know there's baseball and not everybody's going to get to play baseball this year because given how difficult we're finding it just to get major league baseball going you can only imagine how complicated it would be to do 140 minor league teams so you know there's there's a lot of of balls in the air but communication has been like our key to just trying to stay connected and then as far as how we think about once we hit the go button, there's going to be a select group of players that get the opportunity to train, and and hopefully that becomes the system that we can tap into this year once Major League Baseball starts playing again. Cardinals President of Baseball Operations, Sean Mosaloc, joining us here on Ribs and BK on 101 ESPN. So I'm curious, Mo, because we've been reading all of these different plans that have been proposed and all of the different ideas that people have. How much are you paying attention to the day-to-day of what's going on with these negotiations between the Players Association and the owners? Well, I'd be lying if I said I don't. Um, you, you know, clearly everything that's being written about, said about, or spoken about, I'm, I'm curious. Um, and I do obviously have a, a, a link to the commissioner's office to get a sense of what's going on. What I'm trying not to do is is try to sell packages or ideas to players because I, I think right now there's a, there's definitely a level of frustration with the inability to, to hit the go button. So I, I, I really say this, and, and I mean this with all sincerity, it's, it's, I'm literally sitting in my office as we speak with you know sort of my fingers crossed and, and with hope that we can get baseball going again. And, and you know, obviously I think it would be great for our city, great for our country, just to have something else going on. And, and you think about sort of the background of, of this interview and you think back to what we were dealing with with the coronavirus and 
oddly, that has not gone away, yet we don't talk about it that much right now. And then you look at, at what's happening in our country that's related to race and, and racism. And, you know, these are topics that are drawing a lot of attention and should. And when you think about the Black Lives Matter movement and what that means, and you tie all of that together, and then we're also trying to worry about a draft and baseball going. I mean, it, it can it can feel a little daunting on a day-to-day basis. And, you know, that's why I, I sort of go back to that phrase of just sort of where I, where I hope and have some optimism, because I think right now we all need that. Uh, Mo, uh, you talk about coronavirus and certainly the Black Lives Matter movement. There's also been, unfortunately, some frustration with people losing their jobs and unemployment being at a high percentage in the in the country, and, and obviously the the baseball fans are listening to the owners and the players bicker back and forth, and then I'm sure you've been pelted with this in the last 24 hours. But is there anything you'd like to say to the Cardinals fans who are maybe frustrated with Bill Dewitt's comments yesterday regarding his profit margins and that the baseball team is not all that profitable overall? I'm sure that you know his message he was trying to get across, but people are frustrated right now. Yeah, and I, I can understand that, and I hope people understand as I'm speaking. There's two things that, that you have to understand: is I, I can't speak for him. That's you know, he has to do that on his own. And, and two, I hope people understand I do work for him, so it, it, it does put you in a, a, a bit of a peculiar spot. But I, I do think what he was trying to convey is is when you look at it from just a, a pure cash flow business, it's not it's not necessarily a successful model. What it what it is is obviously franchise values do go up and there's you know, there's no running away from that. Uh, you look at what teams were being bought and sold for twenty five years ago to where they are today, clearly um, people find value in those investments or they wouldn't do it. So um, you, you can't run and hide from that. And to your point the country is 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 really hurting right now and and to to be in the middle of of these types of arguments or debates it's it's not helpful and so i'm going to take the high road here and, and obviously <laughs> you guys can tell that but it's it's ho- i'm hopeful that these two parties meaning the player association and the, the MLB can find a way to to get back on the field and and put this behind us but you know there, there's no doubt that the more you talk about this the more in trouble you might get yeah no well, look i respect it. i appreciate you answering that question as hard as it was uh a follow-up to that though as well is how frustrating has it been for you your staff and other people involved with the team to hear all the leaks on every proposal, everything that's being discussed, whether it's the player side or the owner side, you know as well as I do that in negotiations, you know, the more it goes public, the worse it gets. How frustrating has that been for you as president of baseball operations? Well, I think I'd answer that more in terms of of strategically, right? Um, for some reason, the this this negotiation has both sides have chosen to use more of the media than than just the closed door roll up our sleeves and try to find it to get a deal done and um clearly i don't think that's been in everybody's best interest because that's why we're talking about it that's why we're we're analyzing just the the strategy versus even the substance which can be a bit bit frustrating and and i can see why from the public standpoint 
people have questions. And if you think about maybe some of the other sports, for example, where they were able to resolve things quicker and quieter, I think people have appreciation for that. I will say, though, all four professional sports have way different economics, and and their CBAs are very different. But having said that, it, it, it does appear that, that we're not getting it right. We're talking to Cardinals President of Baseball Operations, John Mosellock, here on Ribs and BK on 101 ESPN. All right, Mo, the reason why I wanted to have you on this week specifically was because it is long gone summer week here on 101 ESPN with a documentary coming out on Sunday on ESPN. I wanted to get your thoughts on it because you had a unique perspective of being in the front office at that time. First of all, what was your life like back in 1998 as you're watching Big Mac hitting those homers? And what is your lasting memory of that summer yeah so at that time in in 98 my real day-to-day job was 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 really working with the amateur scouting department so it's sort of ironic we're talking uh, on draft day but um and, and back then the, as the draft would happen in, in early june you would still be extremely busy throughout the summer trying to get players signed um, get them out and and so the world was a little different than you see today but that was like my main focus, but I still, you know, got to sit next to Mr. Jockety during baseball games. I was still um, having access to the major league club and, you know, watching that unfold, you know, needless to say it was historic, but I think what, what I remember most was late summer, I would be out traveling to minor league cities and, and so forth or amateur tournaments and, catching up with people that weren't necessarily involved in baseball, but yet they were so engaged in what was happening. And think back to that time when you picked up a newspaper, um, really about late August on, usually on the cover of the newspaper, there was a picture of Mark McGuire and Sammy Sosa. And just a brief update on what they did that night, that past night. And they became so captivating, not only though here in the United States, but almost globally. And really what that did for the game was was really sort of jolted forward. It was like exactly what the game needed given what happened with the work stoppage in 94 and 95. And you know, the, the importance of their success is something that I think in a lot of ways changed the trajectory of Major League Baseball. All right, Mo, last one from me here. Um, I'm sure you recall last interview, we talked about you getting on the back deck and grilling and maybe having your favorite cocktail. Uh, Since that conversation, I have to let you know that I've been calling it the Mo Fashioned. And (laughs) I've been going around town, and and every time I go to an establishment, I order a Mo Fashioned. And I'm just wondering if you're okay with that, number one. Absolutely. It's cool to have a drink named after you. Yeah, okay. So then, and, and two... What are your thoughts on me popping over? We do some grilling ourselves, make a couple of mo fash, we draw up a partnership, and we start to trademark this thing. Hmm. Business venture. <laughs> At some point, I'm going to address this, but today I'm not. I've just had a lot on my plate, and I think I better just remain focused on that. But look, day job goes to hell. I can always pop into this, so good yeah. thinking. I'll, I'll continue to do our marketing in the meantime, okay, Mo? That sounds great. <laughs> John Mosellock, he is the president of baseball operations for your St. Louis Cardinals, and hopefully we're going to be watching his baseball team playing on the field here soon. Mo, we really appreciate the time. I know it's a busy time for you right now. Thanks so much for spending a little bit of your day with us. All right, thanks, guys, and cheers. See ya.